Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again here on the HHC. It is a very silver linings edition of the Hornets Hivecast as Charlotte got walloped 127 to 59 in the preseason finale. That's the bad news. The good news is standings reset after this one. The preseason is over. The regular season on the horizon. We do have to break down last night's game. We'll do that for you. Talk about turning the page and looking to what still promises to be a very promising regular season. High expectations remain in Spectrum Center and with the Hornets, no reason for those to be diminished. Also, we're going to talk about the league pass rankings. Last two years, basically since LaMelo Ball was drafted, Charlotte has been considered a league pass darling. ESPN has put out their official, quote-unquote, league pass rankings. Where do the Hornets fall and why shouldn't they be a little bit higher? I'll tell you why they should be a little higher. We'll get into that here on this edition of the HHC. Helping me out, he's my producer on the Hornets radio network, Rob Longo. And Rob, this was ugly. 127-59. to 59. It's the first game all preseason where the Hornets lost each and every one of the quarters. Here's a crazy stat for you. There wasn't a single player for Charlotte who was a positive or a zero in the plus-minus, and there wasn't a single player for Dallas who set foot on the floor who was a zero or a negative. This one was just lopsided from the start all the way through the finish, and yet we still have to find the silver linings. But uh, give me your take what went wrong for Charlotte? Well, I meant to ask you this at halftime. I wanted you to go down to the floor and take the plastic wrap off of the rim because it just seemed like nothing was falling for the Hornets. They started the game 0 for 7, didn't score their first points until the 7.56 mark. That just kind of unfortunately set the tone. I mean, you know, things didn't look terrible after the first quarter of play. Charlotte was only down 7. Both teams were not good shooting from the floor for the first 6 minutes, first 5-6 minutes of the game. Teams were a combined 7 of 21 shooting. So, I mean, you know, Kristaps Porzingis was a problem for the Hornets and you know that kind of makes sense just the way that this team is built with the way that the Hornets have to deal with some of these these bigger guys these elite centers in the association that are seven feet tall and can shoot lights out from beyond the arc so you know that didn't help PJ Washington missed some time a little bit with a dislocated middle finger he popped it back in taped it up he was okay to go but we didn't really see a whole lot of them and there quite frankly wasn't really much reason to Miles Bridges had a bum knee at 1.2 in the second quarter you know he was held out hopefully knock on wood for precautionary reasons just nothing was going right for the Hornets yesterday the silver linings didn't really come until until the bottom, bottom, bottom of the bench got in in the second half and, you know, just tried to show some heart and show that, you know, there was a reason why the Hornets took a chance on these guys and that they can contribute down the road. So that was pretty much the main silver lining of the game yesterday. Yeah, we'll get into those in a moment. I, I think, you know, the overall takeaway, while the obvious answer here is flush the tape, burn the tape, you know, whatever you have to do, there's very little positive to take away from this one. The thing that's most concerning to me, quite frankly, was the three-point shooting because it was just universally poor, not just tonight, but throughout the entire preseason. And and you take it with a grain of salt because Gordon Hayward didn't play in three of those preseason games. Terry Rozier didn't play in two of those preseason games. Those are two of arguably your best three-point shooters on the squad. So you're removing a lot of firepower there. But just in general, the team didn't shoot well from deep. They were combined 26% from beyond the arc over the course of the entire preseason. Now I'll throw this out there. Another team that, as 
as of this recording, is currently shooting 26% beyond the arc are the Portland Trailblazers, and they've got two of the better three-point shooters in the league in Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. So it's preseason. It doesn't really factor in, but in terms of a snapshot, how are they shooting right now? Not that great. So that that's something that might carry into the regular season a little bit. They might have to shoot their way back into form. But other than that, I, I don't think this makes much of a difference as we look ahead to the regular season, which we'll do next segment. One other thing that I've heard in some of the media questions, and it was touched on by one of the stars, Mason Plumley. how do injuries factor in here? And I thought it, w- it was a good answer for Mason. We'll let you hear it in a moment. But basically, the Hornets, once again, no Kelly Oubre, no Gordon Hayward, no Terry Rozier. The hope is that two or three of those players will be back ready for the regular season in a week's time. But Mason Plumley, when asked that in post-game media availability, basically said whether everyone's available or not, it doesn't matter. You still have to find ways to win. I think from like a competition standpoint, we just have to be better because I've never been through a season where you have every player for every game. You know, we keep speaking to the guys that are out, but to me, like the good teams in the league, they have a style of play. They have a an identity that carries them through when guys are out. So we, we need to find that for this team and then uh, bring it on a nightly basis. Very true. I think in terms of style of play, for the most part, we saw, you know, reasonable assist numbers. The, the entire NBA was, you know, pretty solid in terms of assists during the preseason. Charlotte, this one was a dud. They only had 10 assists, but otherwise, uh, they've been well north of 20, I think closer to 25 assists per game in certain contests, edging close to 30. So I, I think, generally speaking, the style of play is still there. There's still a, a certain degree of primary players getting comfortable with one another, including Mason Plumley. But generally speaking, I don't think the style of play was bad. I think the shooting was off for the preseason. And I think it's unfortunate that so many players, prominent players, had to miss games. That's part of why they went to Miami and had that offseason workout schedule. I think the core of this team is still together. The camaraderie is still there. And even though last night was a complete dud, I'm not that concerned heading into the regular season. The Miami trip certainly does help. I mean, I think we've almost beat that storyline to death a little bit, but it reigns true. I mean, you know, these are the reasons why you do those offseason workouts, especially during a time right now where we've talked so much about how this is such much more of a normal season than in seasons past. But, you know, the fact of the matter is COVID is still real, and we see it right now with a couple of health and safety protocol issues on the Hornets. Obviously, Mason Plumlee just getting out of protocol for this game, but I mean, Gordon Hayward is still there, and you know, never know there might be another player that pops in there down the line too so you know you have all this adversity James Brago mentioned too as well how this is just a very abnormal preseason because you know you obviously didn't wish it went this way but you know there's two ways that you can look at this you can either roll over and die before the season even starts or you can go ahead and say this is the adversity we're going to see all year and you fight back and that's you know hopefully what the Hornets are able to do moving forward for this now they got a week to prepare for a team like the Indiana Pacers who oh by the way are also very beat up but we'll save that for next week for our preview podcast but yeah I mean I'm not too concerned about it either it is the preseason after all you're out a handful of starters obviously you would like to see them play better but you take a look and you go back to that first game against Oklahoma City yes it's against the Thunder but the way that that team looked in the first quarter was great best team in basketball after one I don't care who they were playing I mean it didn't really matter at that point so the way that they were playing together and playing so well I look at that I know it's a super 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 small sample size but you got to look at the positives here at this point and see when you're 
your deck is full of all of your aces, and right now the Hornets haven't had that for the past three games. That's just how it is. Let's get our silver linings for this one. I will go ahead and go first. Rob Rules are in fact. I'm going with Scotty Lewis. He played 16 minutes. He was 4 for 4 from the free throw line. I thought he brought quite a bit of energy on the defensive end of the floor with a couple of steals and a blocked shot, and you, you just want to see, especially from the young guys who are getting their first taste of NBA basketball, some positives to latch onto, and I thought Scotty Lewis had some of those, particularly on the defensive end, and that athleticism popping up from the floor, from flat on his back, kind of Bruce Lee style onto his toes, that was cool to watch as well. So on a night where nothing seemed to go right, I thought Scotty Lewis put forth a good effort on the defensive side of the floor. Go ahead and give me Cody Martin, and I'm going to kind of sandwich it for two consecutive games, because he did start the last game as well in Miami, and he looked really good in that one, and simply just because of the fact that, yeah, he played at the two spot a little bit last season, he played some off-ball shooting guard a little bit, but a lot of times last year when he was playing, he was playing more of the three role. He was playing more of the small forward. That's not an easy adjustment to make. He's looked really good the last two games in that number two spot, getting the start. Five and nine shooting yesterday as well in the game, so he was one of the two players that were in double figures. I was going to go with James Bookday as my silver lining, but I elected to go with Cody Martin at the last second just because he is starting to look very consistent, and that was an issue with his game last year, so if he can put it together on the offensive side of the glass, we know how good he can be defensively, but he's able to put up some points on the offensive side of the floor. He could be a guy that competes for a lot of minutes moving down the line. Finally, one last tip of the cap, Jalen Crutcher. Welcome to the NBA. He made his debut with the Hornets here, knocked down a three. I thought he had a, a, some some good moments out there on the floor playing the fourth quarter. He'll be a player, I presume, uh, as an Exhibit 10 contract that the Hornets want to see in Greensboro. And he had a really good college career at Dayton. I'd be excited to see him again. Got to see him a couple of times at Dayton, so I'd be excited to see him again at Greensboro and hopefully working his way up the ladder. All right, let's get rid of this one. Hornets fall to Dallas 127-59. to That wraps the preseason. Hornets wrap it 1-3. and three. What can we take from the overall two weeks, fortnight of preseason games? We'll talk about that as we roll along here on the Hornets Hivecast. Be sure to check out the Hornets Fan Shop at Spectrum Center. Now open Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Check out all the newest Hornets gear or grab a new pair of J's. It's an easy trip on the light rail or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 at HornetsFanshop.com. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC. Hornets fall to one and three in preseason action. We don't need to talk about game four of it. It was a complete dud, but it is time to turn the page and head coach James Borrego as he started off his media availability last night uh, basically did that right from go a little bit of both we couldn't score tonight dropped our heads defensively we got a long way to go now it starts zero and zero cleanse it we move forward get ready uh, for a good practice on Friday we play on Wednesday I think that's the absolute right attitude to have this is a game where the goal was to get out of it healthy and there is a little bit of concern at least as we record this podcast that you know maybe they didn't quite do that because both PJ Washington with a dislocated finger at one point and Miles Bridges with a sore knee did not appear in the second half but Generally speaking, we're not hearing a whole lot of alarm bells just yet, so we'll we'll wait and hear an official diagnosis later on in the week. Hornets will have an off day today, and then I think the next time we're due to see them on the floor in public will be at the Purple and Teal game on Saturday. But generally speaking, you know, the preseason is over. I think they got what they needed to out of it. Two really strong efforts. The Oklahoma City game was fantastic on all fronts. The game in Miami, Hornets showed really well. 
I think, uh, you know, the takeaways here is, you know, maybe the WFNZ guys being in the building is bad luck for the team because Kyle Bailey and Stan Norfleet and T-Bone showed up and the Hornets didn't play very well inside Spectrum Center. And it seems like, too, that the Hornets just don't play well on national TV. Of course, last night's game was on ESPN as well, so I don't even know. I'm, I'm one of those people that is at times hard-pressed to be at a loss for words, but yesterday was definitely a time to be at a loss for words for sure. But yeah, I mean, when you take a look at it as a whole, there's definitely a lot of positives to take out of it. And you saw a lot of young talent too. I mean, keep in mind, like, you know, these guys, like a James Booknight, like a Kai Jones, they had what, five games in Vegas to kind of get their feet wet a little bit. Now they go through training camp. Now they're going up against, you know, these NBA caliber players like a LaMelo Ball, like a Terry Rozier, day in and day out in practice. Now you learn those guys' tendencies. Now you got to put it together against somebody else going against you across the court in a different jersey. So the fact of the matter is that you finally are able to get your feet wet a little bit and move forward and that's what I'm looking forward to is, you know, some of these younger guys, they're going to have to get called upon at some point this season, like a James Booknight, like more than like a Kai Jones. I mean, even if you throw guys like Vernon Carey and Nick Richards in a mix too, who didn't really have a fair shake at a full season last year or a normal off season last year as well. So everything is just about building for the future. Obviously you want to be in win now mode, but at the end of the day, you're still taking it a step at a time. Three things for me, as we put a bow on this preseason one, I think the overall game that they played in Oklahoma City was fantastic. That's the only game we saw the Hornets with all of their pieces. And while we touched on it last segment, you're not likely to have that every single day of the regular season. Frankly, you're not going to have that every day of the regular season. But win at full strength, win with their full complement of players, this is a very, very good basketball team. I think that's one lesson to keep in mind. Another thing to keep in mind even when they were shorthanded playing without their starting center, Mason Plumlee, and had to go small, they were able to find some answers against big teams. Case in point was Miami on Monday. Bam Adebayo, an all-world center, coming off a gold medal performance in the Tokyo Olympics. He's an all-NBA player, an all-star. He's a fantastic player. And... P.J. Washington and Miles Bridges were able to find answers to make it difficult for him to score, win in the paint, win the glass. So that's takeaway number two. Takeaway number three is this. The two finalists in the NBA last season, the Milwaukee Bucks who won the title and the Phoenix Suns who pushed them, guess what their combined record was in the preseason last year? It was a big old goose egg. Oh, and seven. To quote Aaron Rodgers, R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Regular season opens Wednesday. Hornets hosting the Pacers. Go get your tickets at Hornets.com. We got one more segment to go. The League Pass rankings are out. Hornets have been League Pass darlings the last two seasons. Where do they fall in the top 30? We'll tell you next here on the Hornets Ivecast. Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all your information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC. Rob, the regular season is right around the corner. It starts on October 20th. Hornets will host the Indiana Pacers for the first of 82 games. You can hear them all on the Hornets radio network and our flagship station, Sports Radio FNZ. You can also hear them on the Hornets mobile app. All the games will also be on Valley Sports Southeast with the great Eric Collins, Del Curry, and Ashley Shamady giving you spectacular coverage throughout the year. 
but if you're outside of Charlotte, tendency is you either watch games when they're nationally televised or you take advantage of League Pass, which is just a fantastic product. I watch games all across the country basically all year long. I love League Pass. And League Pass rankings were put out over the last couple of days by ESPN. They ranked all 30 teams. They had a variety of criteria that they used to decide who they like and who they don't. And basically, it comes down to this. Who is fun to watch? Who do people care about watching, both from an individual and a collective standpoint? and how entertaining are the broadcasts. Case of games on Bally Sports Southeast with Eric Collins. How do you like the announcers? Everyone loves Eric Collins, including me. So, you know, you want to see all those things put together. When Zach Lowe of ESPN did this exercise, he came away with the Hornets as the number five team on his league pass rankings amongst such heavyweights as the Atlanta Hawks, who made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, the Denver Nuggets, who had the MVP in Nikola Jokic, Golden State Warriors, who have Steph Curry and are a multi-time champion in the last six years, the Milwaukee Bucks, the reigning champion. You got the Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and the Brooklyn Nets, who are the prohibitive favorite in this upcoming season. So great company to be in. Rob Longo, what are your thoughts on ESPN's League Pass ranking? Well, I think they got it right for the most part, but I don't fully agree with it. I know that the Milwaukee Bucks and the Milwaukee Bucks watching Giannis Antetokounmpo is a treat in itself, but I don't know if I would put Milwaukee that high just because from a standpoint, I mean, watching the finals last year, it was a great finals between them and Phoenix. I thought it was, you know, some great basketball, but I don't know if I could watch the Bucks night in and night out. I'm not completely sold on them. And the same kind of goes for the Brooklyn Nets. I know they're the favorite, but with Kyrie Irving presumably out for this season, I don't know how much more entertaining they are. I'm sure they'll still be entertaining, don't get me wrong, but I wouldn't mind the Hornets sneaking up into maybe the number four spot there. I mean, you know, you can't really argue with Golden State, especially with the return of Klay Thompson this season and Draymond Green, and then you have Steph Curry, of course. The Lakers are going to be the Lakers. They're always the Lake Show for a reason, especially the way that they have retold this roster this year. So all in all, I understand the appeal for teams like Brooklyn and for teams like Milwaukee. So I can't complain about being at number five. You know, typically the league pass rankings are really star watch rankings. People love to watch all-stars for good reason. They're the best players in the world. And Brooklyn, they've got three all-stars on their roster. The Lakers have three all-stars on their roster. The Milwaukee Bucks have at certain points in their careers, three all-stars on their roster. Uh, You could say that about just about every team in the top five outside of the Hornets. And as you stretch down to the top eight, Trey Young is an all-star. Zach Levine is an all-star. Nikola Jokic is the MVP and an all-star. So the Hornets are really the one team that has very limited all-star experience. Gordon Hayward's the only one who's been there. And it was a couple years ago. I thought last year he put forth a good bid in the first half to be an all-star again. So did Terry Rozier. And I think LaMelo Ball will likely be in that conversation this year. I think all three of those players will make a run at it. But I think it's interesting that amongst the top eight teams, the Hornets are the only one who doesn't have a, a really long history of this current roster having all-star appearances. I think that speaks to the style of play, the entertaining style of play, the creativity, the just great team basketball that they play. And I think the all-star games are going to come. But again, for for this snapshot in time, these league pass rankings, that's one interesting takeaway. The other one is this. When you look at the top eight, league pass games are games that you could not watch on national television because there's no reason to watch a game on League Pass if it's already on TNT, ABC, ESPN. You have that at your house already. So you can just go ahead and watch that whether you're in market or not. League Pass is for those fans who 
couldn't otherwise get the game. And when you look at everyone else in the top seven, they have, by three times or more, more games nationally televised than the Hornets. Here's the list for you. Hawks, number seven on the list, 14 national TV games. Nuggets, six on the list, 14. Warriors are number four on the list, 29 games on national TV. The Bucks are three, 25 national TV games. Lakers, number two, 30 national TV games. Number one, the Brooklyn Nets, 26 national TV games. And all of these teams earned that attention. They deserve it. I'm not saying they don't, but right in the heart of that order, the Hornets, four national TV games. So on the League Pass rankings, the one team you really need League Pass to see, the one team people really buy League Pass to see across the country when you look at national media members is the Charlotte Hornets. And so based off that, shouldn't the Hornets be number one on the League Pass well, rankings? Yeah, I didn't even think about that. And now that you mention it, I mean, what's the point of buying League Pass if you want to watch Milwaukee or Brooklyn when they have a quarter of their games already on national TV? So yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense to me as well. I mean, yeah, I didn't even and think about that but one of the things too about this team is like we might not see the best basketball at times and yesterday was certainly an example of that but night in and night out you do not know what you're going to get with this Hornets team you don't know if you're going to get somebody just coming off the bench and hitting three pointers you don't know if you're going to see Miles Bridges dunk over a seven foot center again you don't know if you're going to see LaMelo Ball underhand flip and assist from 80 feet down the floor you just don't know what you're going to get with this team and that's what makes it so fun to watch night in and night out yeah they might not win every game but they're certainly going to have a lot of fun doing it and they're going to have some flashy style play as well and that's why I love watching this Hornets team. That's why I love watching the NBA in general that's why I think you should buy League Pass if you haven't already. Are yeah, you getting t- a kickback here? Well no I'm not. I'll take one if they want to give one but no I'm not. I mean like even if you're for Milwaukee for instance or the Lakers there's still 50 games on League Pass. There's a lot of games to be seen from these great players and, and I'll be anxious to watch them all um, but especially if you're a fan of the Hornets and you've enjoyed the Hornets Hivecast and you want to enjoy watching the games get League Pass because if you're not in market, there's 70 plus games that you would not otherwise be able to see unless you take advantage of that. There's also an audio League Pass version for, I think, $10. You can get all the games via the Hornets radio network streamed to you through the NBA Audio League Pass. So another option for you. But the thing I'll say to wrap this topic up and this podcast up is this. In every game, there's always something to watch. Touch on your point. You never know what LaMelo Ball is going to do or when he's going to do it in terms of his unique passing ability, in terms of Miles Bridges' dunks. Even in a game as lopsided as last night, seeing Scotty Lewis flat on his back pop up Bruce Lee style, that was pretty darn cool. So to be able to see that, that that's something that you, you never know when those moments are going to happen. That Clint Capella dunk that came in a loss for the Hornets, it's something you'll never forget. And it, that's why we watch the games. I, I put this out there on the air. I put it out there on my Twitter feed. I'll say it again here. If you love your work, you'll never work a day in your life. After the 18 months we have been through individually and collectively, even to watch a game as lopsided as that one with fans in the stands, a little bit of a buzz going on in Spectrum Center, and something unique and special to see, that's what makes life special and this game special and this job special. And we're always grateful for it and always grateful to talk to you about these games and this team on the Hornets Hivecast. We are going to take a few days off after this, but daily podcasts begin on the 18th with special guests lined up to kick off the season. We'll talk to Hornets Director of Basketball Operations, the architect of this roster, Mitch Kupchak, 
and we'll be talking to the head coach of the Hornets, James Borrego, as he gets set to embark upon this season. And then, of course, we'll begin game previews on the 20th for the home opener and the season opener for the Hornets as they get set to take on the Indiana Pacers. So we'll give you a few days off. We'll talk to you on the 18th. Thanks to Rob Longo for joining me here on this podcast. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. For everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.